Welcome to Abstract Audio, the podcast presenting life as an abstract art form. The show that encourages you to perceive beyond the tangible, to extract the infinite from the finite, to see with the mind what you cannot physically see with the eyes. Oh, this? It's an emancipation. It's an exploration into areas usually overlooked. Explore with me on today's episode. Salutations, strangers and friends alike. As you know, or as you should know by now, this is Abstract Audio. I am Amber Janae, and I'm here to talk to you for a bit, as is the nature of the podcast. (laughs) So as you know, we're here on the third and final installment of our survival series. Not to say we won't be talking about it ever again, since it's such a multifaceted topic, but me thinks we're going to wrap it up with this one. But trust, we're sending it off with a bang. Literally. So if you recall, last time we were speaking on how the idea of danger and safety isn't quite what we think it is. Specifically, when it comes to how the landscape of collective consciousness is currently shifting. We went on to note how that results in so many people living in fear nowadays, being forced to tap into those survival instincts in accordance with the lower vibrations that fear creates as well as the level of consciousness and presentness that's required to get out of that space. And as usual, that got me thinking. With so many people out here just living to survive, living in a space of constant fear and self-preservation, how can we be expected to truly feel safe with a partner, with someone else? I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we're here to do on a biological level, right? Partner up, mate, preserve the species. But how can that happen when, as we just touched upon in the last episode, everything we do has an aspect of risk and danger to it? Especially if we're putting ourselves out there in that way, you know, going out on that limb with someone, entrusting the entirety of our beings to them. Sure, we crave danger and thrill to an extent. And yeah, that can translate to the thrill of the chase. But even once you get the person you want, the endorphins are still going in that honeymoon period, you know, that oxytocin. Like we've mentioned previously, it's that reward center in your brain just going nuts. But once you settle in and are expected to feel safe and secure, that's where it gets tricky on a lot of levels for a lot of people. Not only due to trauma and other external factors, but also because it can be so difficult to separate those stages and identify what we truly want. We crave danger and thrill, but seek stability and safety in relationships? Like how that work? To me, that math ain't mathin'. (laughs) And call me childish, but on this topic, I instantly got to thinking about that scene in The Lion King. You know, that Yeah, I'm no singer, but you know the one. That's where my brain went. Because I want us all to feel the love this episode, y'all. Yeah, I'm childish, I know. Uh, But to me, it makes sense. The shit tracks because how can we talk the survival of our species without talking about the most innate primal instinct of all? To procreate, to couple up, to get it on, 
to reproduce. So let's talk about sex, baby. But not just that, let's talk about whether our instincts and intuitions support or undermine our wants and needs in the shifting societal terrains of today. And we couldn't possibly speak on both sides of this topic without both sexes present. Plus, I'm single, jaded, and contemplating cat ownership. So I figured it might be best not to tackle this alone. (laughs) So here with us today is our guest. He's an author, artist, and entrepreneur. He goes by the name of Peace Supreme. He's going to share some of his thoughts with us today. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Peace, peace, queen. Yo, thank you a thousand salutations. I appreciate you for inviting me on the show tonight. No problem. Thank you so much for joining the pod. Hopefully you can be the voice of reason here because I'd be feeling crazy talking to myself half the time. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. (laughs) And speaking of crazy... I don't want no messiness. I don't want this to turn into a battle of the sexes, battle royale kind of deal. (laughs) Okay, maybe it can get a little messy. You know, a little mess never hurt anyone, right? Right. So be real. You know the topic. Let's set the tone. Are you single, dating? We need to know how you come in. And be honest with you, Quinn, I'm just so focused right now. You know, it's easy to get caught up, you know, trying to lock something down or trying to pursue the next thrill yeah me personally though is you know i'm open you know i'm still you know i ain't ain't pursuing i'm so focused on my business and the work that i do i can respect that a hard-working black man now be honest when you are with someone do you like a little mess you know a little risk a little thrill in your relationships or are you strictly healed and vibrating so high that no negativity can touch you Absolutely. Yeah, you got to have that. You got to have, you know, a little spice in there. If you find somebody that resonates with you, you know, it don't have to be perfect. And I think a lot of us make the mistake of trying to seek perfection in others, right? But anything outside of ourselves, we try to seek perfection. And we often overlook the process perfecting or correcting ourselves. You know, we set these these expectations, it always inevitably lead to, you know, the conflict and strife. Exactly. And I like that you recognize that because I hate when people get all holier than thou on this subject and try to downplay that strife, you know, that struggle. Like, oh, I don't do drama. I don't put up with that when it comes to my man or when it comes to my woman. Like, I call bullshit on that most times because, one, Black people are the creators of struggle love. And two, if you listened on the last episode, it's a scientific fact that we're all naturally drawn to a little friction, to a little excitement, a little danger. We're hardwired to get a rise out of it. Females even more so than males, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true in a sense. Sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta mix it up. You know, you, you know, sometimes you know, start an argument, you know, break the routine. You can't it gets boring, gets predictable and that's the thing about female nature, you know, is, is you guys hate predictability. I've been in a situation like that before where, you know, in the past, I try to do everything straight and narrow, just work, uh, spend time, you know, go out and do different things. And after a while, you know, I, I kept wondering, I'm like, damn, why is it, you know, things is good. I'm doing everything right. And, you know, she's just starting arguments. 
or just always picking, nitpicking, finding mm-hmm. something wrong. And then I, I had to realize that, like, you know, I'm too, I'm too cut and narrow. You know, I'm too, I'm mm-hmm. too straight with it. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I started saying, you know, fuck this shit. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do my thing. That's when, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but. It's true. You know, they always say men seek out and naturally enjoy that danger or the thrill of the chase. Women, we like to be chased, but we also always go for the bad boys, right? The niggas that ain't no good for us. We unintentionally or subconsciously even end up chasing a little bit too and doing so. Right. Yeah. Like there's even some science behind that too. You know, we see that dark, mysterious, standoffish behavior you were describing as hypermasculine and associate that with better quality genes and then go for that on an evolutionary level. When even on a rational basis, we know that this guy isn't the best choice in the long run. It just seems to me that there's a disconnect with what we truly want and what we think we want. There's our societal wants and needs, and then there's our biological wants and needs. In regards to the biology, addressing the the urges that we that we gravitate towards mm-hmm. versus the societal idea what we are supposed to be attracted to and pursue. A lot of that shit is cookie cut. A lot of it is Disney. You know, it's not based in reality. It's not based in evolution. You're right. Like, for example, biologically, monogamy isn't even feasible. On that level, it makes more sense, typically, for males to procreate as much as possible. It's preserve their legacy and preserve the species. You know, I hate touching on celebrities because it's not that kind of pod. But, you know, we have the Nick Cannons, the futures of the world out there, and they're looked down upon for doing so. But it's true. No matter the way they go about it, those are two strong black men who have built solid tribes and solid support systems, have strengthened their legacies and are actively taking care of these children. Even the women in the situation had to put their ego and pride aside to coexist. And that's kind of beautiful to me. I don't know if it's necessarily for me. But I like to keep an open mind. And, you know, that's a that's a positive way to look at it, too. You know, I like the way you look at it. I know when I look at social media, other people's opinions on it, they seem to have a negative way of looking at it. Like, oh, man, you know, here, here they go again. They just popping, popping babies out, you know, especially with the way the world is, but all the abortions and all, you know, this, that, and the third going on, you know. <laughs> so it's like I can respect. I mean, they getting money. You know, they they taking care of theirs. They they doing what they need to do. While we're on the topic of numerous children, <laughs> I wanted to note that personally, I found as I grow that the traditional milestones like marriage and more children, the things I thought were important to me were actually more so important to society. Less about what I wanted and more about what I was conditioned to want. Can you relate? At the hallway, I bumped my head quite a few times along the way, you know, in the pursuit of a happiness that I thought was wanted. Mm. Exactly. And I think many people do the same. Like, even finding my personal path to happiness was hard. Is hard, because I'm still on it. Uh, But, like, don't get me wrong. I still need that thrill, that rush. I still need a little toxicity in my relationships for them to work. Uh, But I think at this point in my life, I more so value the openness and honesty over that thrill. 
And it really comes down to what you value more. But my thing is, why should we have to choose? Why choose between what's safe and socially acceptable and what we truly crave? Why fight what we inherently want? We want thrill. We want fun. We want adventure. We should be able to find that happiness in any way that suits us. And if that's, say, polygamy for some people, more power to you. Hell, we've been talking about wild instincts for three episodes. And even in the animal kingdom, a large fraction of mammals are polygamous. That is true. And of course, it's not an actual jungle out here. But we're living in such a toxic time. And I hate even using the word toxic because it's so overused. Uh, But the question becomes, in the search of happiness, are we more so addicted to the chase, to the thrill, than we are the actual act of settling down? Yeah, I I don't see nobody trying to settle down. At the end of the day, it's all game, you know. Both sides don't like the casualties they face when they play that game, you know, but men have always lived and did what they did and females have always responded and did the things that they did as far as infidelity, as far as a trail or monkey branching and, you know, controlling, like how husbands just control their wives and like fast forward to today with the sexual freedom that everyone has Mm. the fact that it's not as big of a stigma placed on uh, gender roles um, or just male female dynamics in general is although the implications as we've seen very serious but no it's like it's like a candy factory exactly nobody nobody trying to settle down Uh, people are too stressed out to the point where sex uh, right along with Drug use and alcohol is just another means to escape mm-hmm. from their own misery. All in all, it's a detriment because, once again, this is us seeking outside of ourselves. Right. We're seeking perfection. We're seeking the idea of heaven. We're seeking an everlasting, which is not. And as much as we try to grasp towards freedom, that very act or those particular acts places you in circumstances which takes your freedom you become a slave to your own desires and your passions and your whims and i love that you're speaking to that especially as it pertains to black men and black women because there's an imbalance in the culture between males and females right now that of course has less to do with the things we've done and everything to do with what has been done to us i feel in this country you know, systemic imprisonment, the war on drugs, the feminization of the black man, the exchange, you know, we as black women were forced to make between our men and and say public assistance even. It's a war on black families. It's a war on black people. And that's why I really hate hearing, oh, black women are the least protected group. Because as you know, during slavery, even we black women were told and shown that our men, you know, couldn't protect us. And we're still reeling from the backlash, in my opinion. I hate to always bring shit back to race, you know, but so much of it really does come back to race. Like with the idea of safety comes the idea of security, protection. And we've been conditioned to believe that Black men can no longer protect Black women 
or that they simply don't want to. But what's your take on that? Men, we grow up with the idea that, you know, we need to protect and provide and, you know, treat our women like angels and princesses and queens and, you know, and just move like that. And it's interesting you mentioned that, too, because one thing that I don't hear discussed too often is the generational impact, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Usually in the discussions is one counter to that would be, oh, such and such happened long ago or back in the day. You know, get over and move on. You know, situation is a unique one in the sense that what we went through as a collective is something that no other race has gone through. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and the implications of that. Tell my grandpa, I have my grandfather is alive to this day, and he'll tell you when he was young, he used to pick cotton. So that's just in the span of 70 years. So add centuries to that and consider the overall implications. It's nothing less than miraculous how even after going through all that, we still move and command the world. You know, through our ability, we influence the world. I agree. You know, we as a people are so much more than what we've been through. And speaking of history, Uh, you kind of got to look back on what people have been doing in the past to combat these kind of issues, you know. And uh, the farther you look back, you know, especially when it comes to our people, you find more instances of the art of polygamy, you know, multiple wives in the tribe and all that. Uh, What's your take on that? Or even open relationships, if that suits your fancy. Well, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. So exactly, there was was things that we had to do to survive in slavery that was considered impractical mm-hmm. or, you know, controversial, you know, but shit, you got to do what you got to do. Right. A lot of it comes down to survival and adaptability. And I feel so many people are accepting of it nowadays because it seems like the safest option now in comparison to all the other bullshit going on out here. I think the people that get into them do so to feel more supported, more safe, more secure, and more protected uh, than in the standard relationship, uh, rather than risking the failure of another monogamous one. So there's different ways to go, well, to look at this. Some people are better geared towards monogamy. Some people more geared towards being in polygamous (laughs) situations. You know, you even have some men out there who, although I don't agree with it, but they, you know, they prefer, they don't mind having brother husbands or, uh, you know, being a part of that. Uh, and I don't judge anyone who pursue that. I certainly can't blame the woman for doing that because shit was better than one provider and protected than two or three or more. And, and, it, and it also shows that she commands a great level of power within herself. Brothers, we have to understand that there are women who are just naturally dominating in their energy. Yep. And that's in both a spiritual and a historical sense. Uh, Women so often throughout history were actually the matriarchs, you know, the leaders. Uh, For thousands of years, many African societies were matriarchal. Even taking it a step further, you know, some places in Indonesia, China, etc., you know, adopted similar structures. 
And some say this shift in consciousness we're experiencing right now is also going to be supporting a rise of women in power. How do you think men will respond to this if it is the case? Well, it's interesting. I actually enjoy talking about this as well. All this has done is pretty much raise the bar for men to actually step their game up and and mm-hmm. to do more, mm-hmm. to take on that role, you know, so that the women don't have to feel so much as the need to take over. I agree and disagree uh, because to a certain extent, I truly do believe women are meant to be led by men, uh, but we can be leaders as well, uh, just as easily. And also, I don't think women necessarily even have to be at the metaphorical helm to be running things. You know, behind every great man is a great woman. You know, every man can find his weakness and his strength in a woman. A divine masculine needs divine feminine and vice versa. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Change of the times, you know, the divine feminine, the shift in the currents, they speak about that a lot in Hinduism, mm. you know, the rise of the Kali Yuga, the different ages, you know, we went from the age of enlightenment to, you know, like a golden age to a bronze age, you know, they say when the Kali Yuga comes around, you know, the women turn wild. <laughs> yeah. And when you look at the depictions, when it comes to certain goddesses, those dark goddesses, they always be depicted with the tongue sticking out. And that's the symbolic imagery that we see today with, you know, a lot of the females like Cardi B and Kim Card. Like it's an archetype. Like people get caught up on the gossip and the trends and right. just like on a on a higher level and everything goes back to the spirit. You know, there's a, a spiritual movement, the way the, the tides turn over millennia, you know, we just so happen to be at a time where all the imagery, all the symbolism uh, lies up. So just looking at the behavior of the women tells us the times that we in, and instead of attacking it, I get it there as, you know, some things can't be helped. You know, we're trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive. We're trying to make the most out of the times that we're in um, and balance everything out. You mentioned balance, and I feel like that's really important. Uh, But, you know, whenever they bring up women in the media or women in power, uh, they like to say that we think and react too much with our emotions, right? Uh, But I always wonder why no one says that about men thinking with their dicks. You know, is it not the equivalent? I mean, it is proven that women think more with our right brain and men more with the left, making you all more logical and us more intuitive and emotional, uh, but that's not a bad thing to me. Rather than a patriarchy characterized by dominance and competition, would it be so terrible to switch to a focus on nurturing and cooperation? That's balance. You know, that's fair. And that's what women bring to the table. And in my opinion, that's what we need right now. A focus on high vibrational energy and emotions, such as love. Love, joy, peace, acceptance, these are all high vibrational emotions that will be supported as we navigate the shift to a higher consciousness. Now, if we ignore this shift, you see the direction things are headed in. You know, look at the signs today. The overturning of Roe versus Wade, for example, which affects every woman, but even more so women of color. 
about 40% of women who get abortions in the U.S. are Black, even though, you know, our historic lack of proper health care is certainly nothing new. But look around. All you see is men's need to control. A man's prerogative to conquer creates nothing but low vibrations and more fear. Men were never the original leaders. Women were. Men are to enforce the laws. We create them. We bring things back into balance after destruction has come. Yeah, that goes to the the structure, the masculine aspect, you know. Mm-hmm. It's that same structure that holds the family together, that holds society together. Mm-hmm. Society as a whole can't expand without some boundary, some constriction. You was talking about uh, the divine feminine and the nurturing aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, historically, women have been forced into roles that went against their femininity. Mm-hmm. So over time, they naturally regressed. And it's like, you guys forgot what it's like to tap into the femininity. I wouldn't say regressed. I would say we adapted. That's actually really interesting that you say that because now that you mention it, you know, we've recognized, you know, those who think on a on a higher think from a higher level, think from a higher perspective. Mm-hmm. We understand that, you know, in the beginning was like the the primordial waters. Mm-hmm. You know, which is uh, the goddess Newt. And it's these primordial waters which creation comes out of, you know. And there's great wisdom to be gained when we're able to tap into those waters, the womb of eternity, you know. And that's why, you know, women were the oracles, you know. We would seek out the womb to understand what's going on behind the veil of this perceived reality, you know. Instead of like, yeah, we could deduce logically and with reason, you know, to get from point A to point B. But it's something about utilizing intuition to, you know, help us get more in touch with the subconscious mind. You know, I know the psychoanalysis, Carl Jung, mm-hmm. you know, talks about the collective unconscious, subconscious. Yeah, it's fascinating that the highest form of intelligence has nothing to do with logic or reasoning. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, females, women in general, wired to function off of intuitions, emotions, because it's like, it's a primal intelligence. Right. You know, it's a, it's pre-intellect, which deals directly with reality itself. See, logic deduced from forms that's already been altered, like ideas, the perception of things is governed by logic. But we could reason like we got whole philosophies that contend with each other because it's just uh, reference points. You know, it only orbits around the truth. And even if you're not super into psychology, we recognize, you know, there's Mother Earth. You know, many believe God is a woman or takes on a female form. I do believe the matriarchy will rise again in its time. Of course, time is an illusion. Uh, But the real illusion is to think this whole system will not change. Uh, This age of Aquarius is about going back to the origins, uh, going back to the laws of nature. People won't be allowed to live in their self-limiting beliefs for much longer. 
and I believe all will be revealed in divine timing. Do you agree? Yeah, everybody has their season too. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has to go through a quickening and awakening or um, an initiation in their own sense, all of which ultimately culminates to, you know, knowledge of self. Right. It's definitely going to take us both. It's going to take both the feminine and the masculine. It's just the masculine has to step up even further into the divine masculine, you know, which is always love, is always peace, you know, because fear, fear is, while in some cases is necessary, but it was never meant to be our master. We let fear for too long become our master in the place of truth, in the place of righteousness, in the place of love and unity. You're right. You know, we can't stay in that place of fear for too long. And, you know, in my opinion, there is no safe. There is no safety. There just is. The only true safety you can achieve is inside yourself. It's within. You can feel content inside. But if you ask me, it's impossible to feel safe outside, uh, looking outwardly for stability. Because there is that danger and uncertainty in everything, especially relationships. But thank you so much for sitting in with us today, King, and being so authentic and open and honest and real. It was a pleasure having you. Is there anything you want to leave the listeners with? Any final thoughts? Connect back to your center. Connect back to source. And that's your intent. And give birth to the world that is needed. Everybody keep elevating. You know, stay true to yourself, stay true to your path. But most importantly, continue to tune in and support this this amazing woman and what she do. Love the work you do. You came a long way. I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be here. I'm proud to be a part of this this movement, this show. It was a pleasure to be here. You know, y'all can tap in with me at King Sadi, K-X-N-G-S-A-V-D-I. That's my Insta. For sure. The biggest thanks to everybody out there listening. This was so fun and so insightful for me. I hope you guys thought so too. Uh, Men and women alike, just be sure to tune in next episode and subscribe at theabstractaudioshow.com in the meantime. And until then, always appreciate the abstract in your life.